Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. This is my story. I'm 42 years old, I live in New Jersey. I'm married, I have two children. My parents were both Christian. So I grew up at a very early age knowing about God, or at least what I thought God was about. Started in public school system, but my parents then decided to move me into Christian school. Christianity for me very much was about rules and religion and not relationship. And the church to me was like basically just an institution that kind of enforced these rules. But they used to have these posters throughout the mall. And uh, they were always very provocative. Usually a woman wearing jeans with no top, but her back turned or things like that. And I was a little kid, I didn't really get that. I just was kind of drawn to it a little bit. I even asked my dad at one point, I was like, hey, I'm looking at that. Uh, Is that bad? And my dad said to me, no, you know, your age, you're just curious. That's totally normal. As I got into my teen years, I had a very warped view of God. And I also had a very warped view of the church. Within a year of that time, I was over a friend's house from my church. And we were walking through the woods, and we found a, we found a Playboy magazine in the woods. And it was the first time I ever saw a nude woman, ever. In my mind, I'm still saying to myself, I'm curious. I would just get access whenever I had the opportunity. Sometimes that might be at the, at the mall, going into a bookstore. You could get your hands on these things called the de- de- scrambler boxes. Sometimes people call it the black box. My dad got one of these black boxes. So one day I got on the black box and I started scrolling through to see what I could get access to. Then I realized that there were actually two adult channels that my local cable provider was offering. So since my dad worked a lot and wouldn't get home till five or six in the evening and my mom generally would watch TV out in the living room, and she didn't bother me. I was a teenager. I had my own TV in my own room. Uh, I would just walk down the hall to their bedroom and watch TV. And if anyone asked me, hey, why aren't you watching TV in your room? Oh, you have more channels. So I met my wife. We hit it off really well and got married after a year and a half. And she was awesome. Like, yeah, God sent her into my life for definitely a specific reason because if she hadn't come along, I never would have even started to turn any corners. When I told my wife about it, I mean, she, she certainly was surprised, but I don't think she was completely shocked. Like, there was some, and she'll tell me this now, she said, I knew something was up. It was at that point where, when it really rocked my marriage a little bit, where I started to step back and say, okay, what's going on here? And I actually went on Google and typed in porn or sex addiction to see what it would say. And all these warning signs came up. And one of them was compulsive flirting. And then the other was like your porn consumption and this and that. And as I'm going through the list, I'm like, well, that's me. 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 And uh, it, it shook me. All of a sudden, it was like, and I'm, I'm in my 30s at that point. And I was just like, wow. Like, it took me that long to realize I was actually addicted and not just a person who just liked to use a lot of porn. Like, I realized it was a real problem. All right, welcome to Liquid Church, everybody. I'm surprised so many of you came back. 
uh, because we're talking about the elephant in the room, and that is the issue of pornography. And as I mentioned last week, this series really is PG-13, so parents, if you have your kids with you, you're going to want to use discernment. We're talking openly and candidly about an issue that's an awkward topic no one likes to talk about, but it really has become an issue too big to ignore because it affects all of us. Last week, we acknowledged porn is now mainstream in American culture. It is in our movies. It is, uh, you know, where celebrities record and distribute their own sex tapes. Primetime TV, it used to be back in the day, like HBO or Real Sex or Pay-Per-View Girls Gone Wild. But now it's in primetime. Immorality is in our popular music that we listen to, right? Nicki Minaj's Anaconda or Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl and I Like It. The books we read on the beach this uh, summer, I saw a lot of housewives reading Fifty Shades of Grey to Victoria's Secrets catalogs, you know, in the mail. We are very much like the first century believers who lived in Corinth, where they were surrounded by this sex-saturated culture, swimming in this sea of sensuality. And what we acknowledge is that porn is no longer, you know, dirty magazines, you know, that are behind the counter like Playboy and Hustler. Now, they're right at the cashier and Walgreens. It's in your face today, and most importantly, on your phone. Thanks to the World Wide Web, porn is now just one click away. On your phone, your laptop, your tablet, and your email at work, your texts, thanks to YouTube 24-7 streaming, our generation really has unprecedented access to every variety of video and chat rooms, images, fantasy role-playing imaginable. What was once inaccessible and hard to get to is now a click away. And it's a big business. Upwards of $90 billion every year is spent globally on porn. Now, to put that in perspective, that's more money than the United States spent on foreign aid last year, okay? And 80% of it is produced right here in the good old U.S. of A. I know last week was kind of a wake-up call for a lot of you um, because statistically we found out that there really is no difference between the use of porn in the culture and in the church. There's virtually no difference. 53% of Christians view porn on a weekly basis. 40% of pastors admit that they struggle with it. And as I said last week, it's like, welcome to Corinth. We live in one of the most sex, hypersexual societies really in human history, where porn is the norm. Perversion is applauded. And purity is like, kind of like, is that, or you're considered prude. The effect really is devastating. Tragically, every relationship that we value is poisoned. Our marriage, our kids, our relationship with God. In fact, this week while I was researching, I found a survey of national divorce lawyers who said that in 60% of all divorce cases, the use of pornography was a contributing factor. So porn is tearing apart families. It's poisoning relationships. It's impacting our children. 90% of 8 to 16-year-olds have viewed porn online. Most were exposed accidentally while doing their homework. I told you last week how I was first exposed as a 10-year-old boy, found some nudie magazines in the woods stuffed under the, the railroad tracks, and how those images just stuck in my brain for years. And I heard from a lot of you this week who shared similar stories. You discovered your father's collection hidden in the closet, or it was your uncle's pinup calendar in his garage. Everyone remembers the first time they see it as a kid. And that early exposure, if it's not handled carefully by parents, this can lay the groundwork for eventual addiction later in life. Because what we recognize is sex is not dirty. There's no guilt and shame in sex because it is God's gift to his married children. God, sex was God's idea, and he created it for a simple purpose. It's to bond a man and woman in marriage. 
But when you habitually view porn as a solo sport, it does not bond two people. It simply leads to bondage for one person, you. See, every time a man or woman views pornography, what happens is it kind of reinforces these neural pathways in your brain that then conditions your body to believe that sex is all about intensity for one instead of intimacy between two. It retrains your brain. You learn to objectify another human being and use their body parts for your pleasure. And that's idolatry. It will ruin your real-life relationships. Whether it might be a short-term release, you will pay a long-term price. And it's interesting because we're a young church, and so I talk to a lot of Christian singles, men and women, and a lot of them struggle with loneliness. And they, they say, you know, I want to remain pure, Tim, and yet they're bombarded day after day with these images and messages that are, hey, porn is norm, just feed your flesh. And a lot, I've had a lot of women and men, both who are single, tell me, well, you know, Tim, I struggle with this now, but I can't wait till I'm married so that, that temptation subsides. Married people, does that subside? No, I see you already shaking your head. I know a lot of married people who are like, hey man, I still struggle with loneliness. I actually use this as an escape when I'm at my stress level. My stress level is at an all-time high now. And if you carve those pathways now as a single, you will bring it right into your home and your family. And let me tell you something. When you have a spouse or kids enter that equation, that's when things get really ugly. So this is an issue that affects everybody, both young and old, both single and married, adult, child, teenager. So whether you're new to the Christian faith, you may be coming to church for the first time and being like, why are Christians get, you know, so up in arms about this kind of stuff? Or you've been walking with the Lord for some time and yet you still struggle daily to live a life of purity as God designed you for. See, when we talk about sexual desire, the, one of the questions no one asks is, well, what does God desire? <laughs> I mean, for those of us who are Christians, for those of us who would say, hey, I profess to follow Jesus Christ as my Lord, he's my savior. So what is God's desire for purity in a pornographic culture? I want to open today with a verse from Ephesians chapter 5, which reads this. Let's read the pink part all out loud. Ready? But among you there must not be, here we go, ready? Even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity, because these are improper for God's holy people. And I remember the first time reading these words, not even a hint. I was like, come on, you know? That's like impossible. It's all around us. There are opportunities for impurity everywhere we look, even when you're not looking for it. Uh, a few months ago, I was going uh, to the gym, and my buddy was going to go, we're going to work out together, and he drove by to pick me up. I hop in his car. He's got the radio on, and it's that song, you know, I like big butts, and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. You know the rest of it. I'll just leave it there, okay? <laughs> and I'm like, come on. You know, we get there, and so we change the channel, and we start driving. We're going down the hill, and here comes this female jogger, and she's got all the spandex on. She's got her sports bra on, you know, and it's hot. And, I, and he literally is like, well, would you look at that? And we literally, I was like, whoa, we almost hopped the curb, you know? Sociologists say that men have a sexual thought every seven seconds. Come on, not even a hint of sexual, please, this is impossible. I take my daughter to the mall. She's 12 years old. She's like, Daddy, I want to go get this T-shirt from Abercrombie and Fitch. Have you ever been there? I walk to Abercrombie and Fitch, and there's this guy standing in front of the store. It's a kid. He's wearing jeans and no shirt. He has a head mic on. He's like, welcome to Abercrombie and Fitch. And I'm like, dude, where's your shirt, you know? He's like, um, you know, I, he's like, I forgot. I was like, why don't we go inside? I'll buy you one, you know? Like, don't touch my daughter. And so she's like, Daddy, he's a model for I was like, what? 
So we go in the store together, and there are these big billboard posters, right, of all these teens and tweens, young boys with their shirts off, girls with the low-rise jeans and high-rise thongs. I'm like, I'll wait outside, okay? So I wait outside. She goes in there. She gets her T-shirt, whatever, and she comes out with the bag. You've seen the Abercrombie bags at the mall? She comes out, and she's, she has some other stuff. She says, Daddy, I can't carry all this. Can you carry my bags? And I'm like, ah, no, I don't think. Please? Okay. So we walk around the mall, and I sort of forget about it, right? And so now I'm walking along the mall feeling like a total perv. And, uh, and her friends come up. They're like, hi, Mr. Lucas. Hey, can we get a ride home? And I'm standing here. There's this group of 12-year-old girls. I'm like, yeah, there's a white windowless van in the parking lot, you know, like by Victoria's Secret. It just felt so creepy, you know? And we're put in these awkward situations all the time because porn is now mainstream. It's used, it's marketed to 11 and 12-year-olds. So when I hear this verse like this, not even a hint of sexual immorality, I'm like, come on, it's at your office. It's the guy in the cubicle next to you, right, who sends you funny but sort of inappropriate videos, right? And you think maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit of flirting, but it kind of sort of gets close to the line, and now you're texting, is it sexting? I don't know, but I wouldn't want my spouse to see. Or how about business trips, right? Good luck with not even a hint, you know, on the road in hotel rooms. The default setting is adult movies. You can't find ESPN without getting through a thousand ads, right? Offering to kind of assuage your loneliness for just a few seconds. In fact, check this out. 50% of all hotel movie rentals are porn. All the biggest hotel chains, Hilton, Marriott, Hyatt, Sheridan, offer porn films on their pay-per-view. And what's more, 50% of all guests purchase them every day, 50%. Porn actually accounts for 70% of their in-room profits. The business model is built around it. And one hotel owner told the LA Times, we have to have it, our guests demand it. The average time a movie is watched in a hotel room is 12 minutes. I guess the plot isn't interesting, you know, I don't know. It's everywhere. It's in your home, it's on the road, it's on your phone, it's in your inbox, and yet God says in his word, but among you, people of God, there must not be even a, what, hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity because these are improper for God's holy people. What's God's standard? 100% purity, not even a hint. And that can seem impossible in a world like ours. But with Christ, all things are possible. See, God never asked us to do something impossible in our own strength. Rather, he says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. That means you now have access to a brand new power and authority that actually breaks patterns of worldly thinking, habitual sins, and yes, even the chains of addiction. So if you're struggling today, and many of us are, take heart. God's word lays out a path to purity that leads directly, this path to purity, through the cross of Christ. This is the only way to overcome your addiction. On the cross, Jesus suffered and died for our sin so that we could die to sin and live in the spirit. We could actually live a life of love, not just ensnared in lust. We could actually live a life of freedom where we're not just in bondage to our desires. You could actually walk in freedom, not just a life of defeat. Because that's what a lot of us do. We come on Sundays to get filled up a little bit, but then we go right back on Monday morning to the same chains that bind us, and we think, well, this is the Christian life. When you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, he says, I'm going to give you a supernatural power, the Holy Spirit, to live with purity, even in a pornographic culture. So understand, purity is possible. And today, I want to show you how. 
This is going to be a very practical message, and we're going to put several tools in your hand today. We included a resource card in your program today. You can pull that out. Can everybody pull that out? If you don't have one of these, would you just raise your hand all of our campuses? Ushers, come down and just pass out any of these resource cards to anyone who still needs one. Maybe you didn't get a program on the way in. Just raise your hand. They'll pass it to you. But this resource card is going to help you in your fight to freedom because this is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to reclaim some of what the enemy has stolen. Singles, understand a life of sexual integrity is possible. Guilt and shame are not God's invention. Some of you have never actually experienced sex without it being attached to guilt and shame. That was never God's idea. Sex is God's idea. It's his gift to his married children. He says when it's practiced within my boundaries, it's going to be something incredible. It's going to make you think of me of all things because it's going to reflect the love and commitment I have for you. But what that means is even if you've fallen short of God's standard for sexuality, and we all have, healing and restoration is possible. Marriages that have been impacted by porn or sexual sin can be healed. We have them in this church. It takes hard work. But I pray today that you're going to see this path to purity laid out clearly and take a step to freedom this fall. Now, to help guide us on the path to purity uh, this week, I invited a special guest, Karen Shannon, who serves as our Director of Counseling and Spiritual Care at Liquid. Would you welcome Karen? Thank you for being here, Karen. Pull up a chair. And um, I invited Karen to come. I thought it was important to have you today for a couple reasons. First, I think it's helpful to hear about this issue from a female perspective. But then secondly, before joining our staff at Liquid, you actually had your own private practice as a biblical counselor, correct? That's exactly right, Tim. Uh, my husband, Bob, and I started attending Liquid Mountainside last year. Go Mountainside. <laughs> and uh, then in March, God opened up a door for me to come to Liquid as the director of spiritual care and counseling after having my own counseling practice for some time. It's been a thrill to get to know so many of you and help um, each of them mm -hmm. walk along in Christ's love. How long have you and Bob been married? So, it seems impossible, but this August, we celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary. 35 which years. Which is amazing, right? It's wild. So your kids here? And this is my family. God's cool. blessed us with two beautiful children, a son and a daughter, beautiful granddaughter, Ellie. And uh, we're really close and supportive. In fact, my son was going to come today, and he's like, do I really want to hear my mom talking about porn in church? I don't really think so. so <laughs> Awkward. I think I'll pass. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I'm sure in your practice, and here at Liquid, yeah. you have encountered many men and women who struggle with porn or sexual brokenness of some degree. That's exactly right. Unfortunately, you explained it well today and yep. last week too. We are, we are all broken sexually in some way. Mm -hmm. Our culture has distorted God's image for healthy sexuality. Sadly, what starts to happen is people think they're in control of the porn and using it, and then it starts to take control of them. But here's good news, and I really want to encourage those of you who are struggling. The struggle is a good sign. Okay. The struggle is a sign that your conscience is not seared, that the Holy Spirit is at work, work in you and that you really want more. So be encouraged in that. Yeah, be encouraged. So what is the process that you've seen God use to set people free from bondage to yeah. pornography? So I think it's a little different for all of us, but okay. what I see overall is that there is a vertical dimension and a horizontal dimension. It's an alignment issue, really. Okay. We often say um, that when things are broken in the horizontal, in the way we think about ourselves or the way our relationships work or don't work, there's always a vertical dimension to that. Jesus said in Matthew 22, love the Lord God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Um, 
Um, you can't do that until you get this part, the vertical, aligned correctly. So we say that we need to know how much God loves us. We need to know how much he cares for us. We need to know that he's always there for us, that we're sons and daughters of the Most High God, because when we know that, our thinking and our actions on the horizontal start to change. It's interesting, because at, at its root, in many ways, porn is an identity issue. A hundred percent. It's so true. Um, I think for all of us, we start to say, um, what's really going on? Who am I? Mm -hmm. So when men and women come to me and they're struggling with sexual issues, I don't really start on the outside. Okay. I really start on what's on the inside. The battle goes, it's in our heart. In fact, in James, in the book of James, James 1, he talks about it in this way. He says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Um, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. However, each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire mm -hmm. and enticed. It's dragging us. It's pulling mm -hmm. us. Um, then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, it gives birth to death. Mm -hmm. Do you catch that? James is yeah. saying it's deeper than the surface sin that mm -hmm. we see, whether it's porn, masturbation, hanging out in sex rooms, reading erotic novels. Those are just surface sim symptoms. The deeper issue is what lies beneath. When you say, I've heard you say it before, like, what lies beneath? What do you mean by that? Yeah, you know, Tim, I use this illustration quite a bit so people can understand it. Think about an iceberg, right? So in an iceberg, you just see the tip of it, right? The rest of it is beneath the water. Because that's so, what everyone focuses on, the porn right. exactly. or the acting out. Exactly. And so what happens often is um, you say, okay, I'm just going to do this. I will stop uh, watching porn. I will stop having affairs. And that works for a little while. Okay. Um, but what happens, unless we get to these issues that lie beneath loneliness, anger, um, control. Mm. Sometimes it's people who have been abused. Sometimes it's abandonment. Unless we get to those issues, we're not really understanding what's fueling these surface issues. It's interesting because in some ways it's almost like when we experience pain at the deeper level, right, of our soul, of our heart, some of these right. issues you're naming, yep. it's almost like we surface in the flesh. Right. We, we pursue pleasure as a way to either numb it or like, I got to get breath right. somewhere and escape it. That's right. That's exactly what happens. And it's easy, again, to look at those surface mm -hmm. sins, say, okay, I'm going to take control of this. I can do it. And again, that works for a little while, but real change happens when we discover these deeper desires, the deeper things that are going on. James is telling us that unless we start to recognize and repent and be healed of deeper patterns underlying our addictions, we're not fighting the right battle. Yeah. It's interesting. It reminds me of a, guy, a single guy in his late 30s. Um, He'd been struggling with porn and masturbation since he was a teenager, and he tried all the usual things. Right. Like He was yeah. like, tried scripture memory, accountability. He's like, Tim, I take cold showers. I exercise, all that. And when asked, you know, well, when are you most tempted? He said, oh, it's like clockwork. It's on Friday nights when I get home from work. That's when I have my temper tantrum with God. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean by that? He goes, because I get home, I'm tired and lonely. He goes, and I think of all my married friends who are out with their spouses, and I start feeling sorry for myself. Yeah. I get angry at God. And by 11 o'clock, the urge is overwhelming, so I go online and I give in. And it was interesting to me because on the, the surface issue that he came to me to talk about was porn. Right. But underneath were these deeper issues of That's loneliness, right. he said, is a right. trigger for me when I'm feeling that. Right. Then it actually goes into my vertical, vertical. relationship. I right. feel angry with God. 
In other words, he was viewing God as punishing him, not giving him a, what he really wanted. I want a wife. I want a husband. This is a good desire. Right. But it became like an idol to him, and then right. it surfaces in this acting out. Exactly. That's what happens. I see it over and over again. But you know what? Um, grace is one of the most mm -hmm. um, important weapons in the Christian um, arsenal. Uh, what we see when we start to look at that heart level, um, it's again, you said it well, we go back to that alignment issue. If we don't know our identity as children, of the Most High God, um, we start to say, God doesn't see what I'm doing, God doesn't care what I'm doing, and God, most of all, isn't trustworthy. It's ultimately about your view of God and what you think he's thinking about you. It's a great point, and I want to encourage you in this. If you're taking notes, the, really the first step on the path to purity is to go to God. When we repent, when we come clean with our Heavenly Father right. about what's really in our heart, which, P.S., he already knows, mm -hmm. it is such a relief right. because you're like coming out of the shadows, out of the darkness, into the light of his truth. And when you know that you're forgiven, not just here, right. but in here, when you know that even when you've blown it, right. grace, you are loved beyond measure. There is right. no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is a powerful thing. Absolutely. Grace uh, is bigger than everything that we have. It's the mm -hmm. biggest tool that we have. Mm -hmm. And we know, um, don't be deceived because we really do run back to the willpower over and over yeah. again and deal with the behavior yes. and not what's in the heart. It's not enough. We need another source. But here's the biggest beauty, beautiful thing about being a Christian. God gives us even that. We can't even do that on yeah. our own. He gives us his power, his Holy Spirit, and his Holy Spirit helps us. It's ironic. Whenever I talk to people who are trapped in sexual sin, they often say that's when they feel the most distance from God. Right. They're like, now God is really angry. Now he's disappointed and he's withdrawn his favor from my life. And before I can go to God, I better get it together. I better clean up before I go to him. You're dead wrong. Right. It's the exact opposite. the opposite. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says in Hebrews, we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But rather, we have one who has been what? Tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. That, that's amazing to me to actually think that Jesus was tempted in every way. That includes sexually, just as you and I are. But he didn't sin because he was fully reliant on the Holy Spirit. Some people think, well, Jesus didn't sin because he's Jesus. He's 100% God. Yes, but he was 100% man. Meaning he was vulnerable in the flesh just as you and I are, but he was fully submitted to the Holy Spirit. And he shows us what is possible here. And so what it says out of that, out of him now being your Savior and Lord, it says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with what? Shame? No. Confidence. Yeah. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It's grace, grace, grace. And when we sin, more grace. And finally, as we begin to absorb that, the chains begin to loosen. Amen. Amen. Do you hear that, brothers and sisters? God's promise is to give us grace in our time of need. As you've been saying, grace is our greatest weapon. The unmerited love and forgiveness of God in the wake of our spectacular failure yeah. over and over again, it's, his love never ends. It never fails. You know, often, and this is, I think, where uh, I love liquids, atmosphere, grace wins. Um, sometimes we think the Christian life is about doing the right things, about hiding where we've fallen. Mm -hmm. um, but it's exactly the opposite of that. When we yeah. come to Jesus with our hearts bared, when our sinful desires and all, and realize he doesn't condemn us? Yeah. No, instead he pours out his mercy, pours out his love, he pours out his grace, 
It is amazing. And we stop condemning ourselves. We stop uh, thinking that he's condemning us. And we hold on to a new power. That's why Christ died, to give us real freedom, real forgiveness. Amen? Guys, purity is possible, Mm -hmm. but your first step is to go to God. What's the second step, Karen, in the path to purity? Right. And so uh, we believe the second step is to find friends. Um, Sin festers in isolation, especially in pornography, using pornography. People go into the darkness. It isolates them, as you said before, away from God, away from their partners, away from other friends. And it's very, uh, very much uh, people are alone. However, the light is a great disinfectant. Mm -hmm. So we're encouraging every man and woman who are committed to walking in purity to find friends, Um, somebody to take the journey with you. Find someone you can be open with, a trusted friend, somebody that you can tell them your triggers, tell them your temptations, somebody that can encourage you and hold you accountable. Let me stop you there because accountability is a buzzword you hear a lot. What do you mean by accountability? Yeah, so it is used a lot. We all struggle in our own unique ways. We will until Jesus comes. Um, And the Christian community is supposed to be the place where we can admit our weaknesses to one another, not pretend that we have it all together. Um, We all struggle. So finding someone who has found some freedom in their own struggle, somebody you trust to come alongside you, that you get permission to say, hey, how's it going there? How are you doing in this struggle? Um, People are going to make a commitment to walk alongside you in a journey of sexual sobriety. Um, whether it's a group of people, small group of people, whatever it is, somebody to pray and encourage you in the process. One, I had one guy ask me one time, he was like, can I have my wife be my accountability partner? Good idea? Yeah, it's really a bad idea. Okay. Um, we've why? seen that Tell over the years. Um, so what happens is our partners, you know, our husband and wife, they're our best friends, but it turns them into a police officer in the okay. relationship. And that's the last thing yeah. we want to do. When one person's sin is elevated over another, it starts to... It does not allow grace to abound in that environment. And then it kind of goes sideways. That's right. So, um, so where do we find accountability? Because I just understand in a church like Liquid, it's like, okay, I need accountability. So like, am I going to walk up to someone, hey, can I talk with you? Like, how do, how do we do that practically? Well, I'm glad you asked that because we are excited how God has been moving among us. And we are ready to announce the launch of freedom groups at all four of our campuses this fall. We have one here in Morristown, Nutley, New Brunswick, and Mountainside. As I said, we believe the path to purity is best walked in community, coming alongside brothers and sisters who are also pursuing lives of sexual integrity. And so this fall, we're launching gender-specific freedom groups. We'll have a freedom group for men, a freedom group for women, and guess what the overall goal is? To find freedom in Christ from your struggle. This is right on your resource card. If you want to take a look on the back, what we've done is listed a short code that you can go to online to sign up for these. But it's important to distinguish because people hear of life groups, or life groups are small groups. We do Bible study and meet in community. They begin in just a couple weeks in October. Freedom groups are a little bit different, obviously. They're focused. They're more like recovery groups. That's right. And they last a little bit longer. How long are these freedom groups going to last? Right. So we're initially setting these up so people will meet once a week for six months. That's the minimum commitment we're asking for. Now that's, a, that's a long time. Some life groups are like three months. 
Six-month commitment, that's a longer investment. It absolutely is, but we believe that it's really worth it. Um, we've been doing a lot of work preparing here behind the scenes. Many of you may know Dan Bove, who runs Pause Ministries, another great resource for men who are struggling. Absolutely. Dan and I have been working together. We put curriculum together. We're training our leaders, all in preparation of our freedom groups. I do want to assure people these are strictly confidential. What goes in the group stays in the group. Yep. We don't plan to share that outside. You're not going to find judgment in these groups. You will find love, you'll find acceptance, you'll find accountability, and you'll start to get at what lies beneath the surface of your struggle. We're praying that both men and women are going to experience victory. Yeah, we have groups for men and groups for women. That's Tell right. us a little bit about the impact on women when it comes to this issue. And so for women, I think it adds even more shame because this is seen as a male issue. Yeah, right. And so some women don't think it's for them. But we have seen statistics that one of every three visitors to porn sites are, are female. And we know that it is a, a female issue. You've seen that in your practice. I've seen it increasing in my practice over the years. Yeah. And so what we're doing in our freedom group for women, we'll be doing the same thing we're doing okay. for men, getting to what lies beneath the surface of mm -hmm. the struggle. Talk to couples because I know there are wives here today whose husbands struggle with porn. This is very close to their heart right. of their marriage. If one's partner is struggling, right. how does it impact Right. Oh, well, um, it's sad because it can feel as though your world has shattered. It's heartbreaking for so many, especially, you know, for most women, we struggle with our self-image and to have your husband or your partner looking at images of another woman, um, it it's, makes us struggle even more. It's very, very difficult. But I think one of the biggest things that um, happens in a relationship that's very difficult is broken trust. It okay. is very difficult to regain. However, there's always hope. The Holy Spirit is our counselor, and God can reconcile and renew all things. We've seen that in this church. So That's let right. me ask you, what exactly are we going to do for women whose spouses are struggling with pornography? Um, again, God's moved in a remarkable way. He's actually raised up two women who are willing to co-lead a group for partners, uh, for women whose partners have struggled with pornography. These women have said to us, um, you know what, we want to use the betrayal, the hurt that we have mm -hmm. um, experienced but we've experienced God's grace and healing, and we want to comfort others with that. Incredible. And so what they're saying, you know what they said to me? They said, our marriages are stronger than it was before this happened to us. That's incredible. That's, that's a sign of God's redemption and healing. So if you that's need right. hope today, God can actually use that in the life of somebody else. Guys, as a senior pastor, I am very excited about the launch of these freedom groups at both uh, men and women at all liquid campuses. And what I'm going to ask the ushers to do right now at each campus is to come forward and pass out these sign-up cards. And I want every single person in the room to take one, whether you're interested or not, okay? <laughs> what I want to do is remove the stigma so nobody feels weird. So as the ushers pass those down the aisles, can everybody please take one of these? And what I want you to do is this. We're just simply asking everyone to put their name and their email. We're not going to contact you Unless you check the box here that says, send me information about the freedom groups. Then we'll send you the dates, we'll send you the times, the meeting locations of these confidential groups at your campus. But if we could have everybody right now, we give you a pen. I want to hear the clicking of pens right now across all, right out of the state of New Jersey. Let's click our pens. This is a courtesy. You are, even if you're not interested, you're like, you know what? You're giving a gift right now to a brother and sister who might be struggling. You're helping remove that stigma. So... Just fill out your name and your email and um, check that box if you're interested. We will follow up with you. If you're not, we're not going to email you, so don't worry about that. But I want you to think about this because by January, in a few months, right. 
Those of you who are struggling right now, you could actually be free from porn. You could actually be walking on the path to purity in your family. If you remember, one of the reasons we're doing this, last fall, we offered Financial Peace University. Remember? I talked about people being in financial bondage. In other words, we realized over 50% of our families at Liquid were struggling with financial debt. Mm -hmm. Here we are a year later, so dozens and dozens of families are now living <laughs> debt-free, and they're like, woo yeah. financial freedom. I never thought we would experience this in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. So many families right now are affected by sexual bondage, and we believe that steps you take today, a year from now, you may look back and say, that's when the chains began to break. That's when I took my first steps to freedom. Our family is pure. Our kids are safe. Our marriage has been resurrected, okay? So as you're filling that out, what I want to do is highlight for you the third step on the path to purity. First, we said go to God. Right. Secondly, find friends for accountability and support. Mm -hmm. But lastly, and most importantly, is you have to wage war on this. Mm -hmm. There is a reason it's called a battle for purity. The battlefield is your heart. Your enemy, the devil, wants to keep you pinned down and hiding in the shadows, enslaved by your sin, and honestly, just ineffective for Christ. That's the devil's goal. It is to steal, kill, and destroy your marriage, your family, your reputation, your career. But to be truly free, here's the deal. It's not just about loving God. You have to actually hate your sin. You have to declare war on it. When it comes to poor, and Jesus directly confronts us with these words, Jesus said, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out, throw it away, for it's better to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And I'm sure people are like, is he serious? And he says, okay, if your right hand causes you to stumble, <laughs> cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than the whole thing to get thrown into hell. In other words, these are some strong words, yes? These are fighting words. Jesus gives this radical command for dealing with lust. He's like, I want you to cut it off. I want you to tear it out. I want you to throw it away. And some people, I always get asked like, well, does he mean that literally? <laughs> Look, if every person in this room who lusted with their eyes at one point or who, you know, masturbated with their hands at one point took this literally, we would have a room full of pirates. <laughs> Everybody would have an eye patch, you know, walking around, arg, with a hook on their hand, okay? <laughs> Don't miss the big idea of what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm going to tell you how you break free of your addiction. you got to wage war on your sin and cut it off at its root. The goal is not to cut back on your porn. It's to cut it off completely. Cut your cable. Deactivate social media that makes you stumble. Parents, take the laptops out of your kid's room. Make them sit at the family table. It's like giving them a loaded gun. Go, out, go, go be careful, kids. And they shut the door. I'm going to talk more about this next week in a message for you parents to called how to talk to your kids about porn because they're talking about it. They are exposed to it, and you've got to get there first. You've got to cut it off at its root. For your family, you've got to put filtering software on digital devices. I would even tell you some of you to throw out your new iPhone. And some of you are like, oh, that'd be a real sin, Pastor Tim. I can't do it. Seriously, Jesus is like, how bad do you want this? Jesus is like, you cannot serve two masters. You can't be a servant of Christ if you are a slave to porn. And so these are the final tools we're going to recommend to you today. Last week, I briefly mentioned X3 Watch. This is free online filtering software for all your digital devices. It's available for free from our friends at triplexchurch.com. And this is something we require all of our pastors to have on their phones and their laptops, okay? It's very helpful. 
It filters out the bad stuff, actually allows you to set up an accountability partner. It sends a monthly report of the sites that you visit, and it's available for free. You can upgrade if you want to, you know, put it on all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. The second one I'll recommend on the card today, let me, you can see there, we put a little URL, a quick link to it, mm -hmm. is X3 Pure. To me, this is the next best thing to an in-person freedom group. Some of you are like, man, I'd love to join a freedom group, but I can't make a six-month commitment. Right. I work too much. The hours are going to conflict. This allows you to invest 30 days in the privacy of your own home and take some steps towards freedom. There are 30-day online workshops for men, 30-day workshops for women, mm -hmm. for couples, and then for parents who actually have teenagers who struggle. Mm -hmm. So these are two great resources in your family's fight for purity. Karen, tell us uh, about the last resource on this card that we listed and are giving out today. Yeah, I'd love to. So um, part of what I get to do is um, work with the spiritual prayer teams. Those are the folks who come up and pray after service. It's been such an honor to get to know them, yeah. care for our, uh, people at all of our campuses, and um, that's the kind of community I think we love to be here yeah. at Liquid where we can come alongside one another. Well, today at, the, at each of your campuses, your spiritual care team members are going Going to have little mini books for free available for you. Some of the titles are um, Sex and the Single Girl, What's Wrong with a Little Porn When You're Married, What's Wrong with a Little Porn When You're Single, Your Husband's Addicted to Porn, Healing After Betrayal. Mm -hmm. They're pithy little titles. Um, they're small little books, but don't be deceived. They really pack a wallop and they give mm -hmm. you a direction to get started. And we would love it if you would come up after the service, grab a couple of these Give them to a friend if you'd like to. Yes, they're and for they a friend. are available. They're, for a friend, they're available um, by our spiritual care team here. I'm going to add one more book to the list. This is not a mini. This is a big gun in the fight for sexual purity. It's called Every Man's Battle Winning the War on Sexual, sexual Temptation, One Victory at a Time. It's mm -hmm. by Steve Arterburn from New Life yep. Clinic. Fantastic. Yep. Mm -hmm. Guys, this is the number one book that I recommend to men who struggle with this issue. This is a bestseller. And what I love about it, it shares the very candid stories of both men and women who have escaped the trap of sexual immorality. What it gives you is a practical step-by-step -step game plan for walking in purity. In fact, it's become so popular, there's now a version for women, every woman's battle, and then one for teens, every young man's battle. Dads, this is a perfect resource to go through with your son. I plan on going through this with my boy when he turns 13 years old. So men, if you're looking for one book to read on your way to work this fall, this is a great one. You can pick it up at Amazon or whatever. What we wanted to do today, guys, is equip you today with some practical tools you can use tomorrow as you get started on the path to purity. It's going to God, it's finding friends, and waging war on your sin. And let's just be honest, it's not easy, right? It's a battle. That's right. What that means is you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. But the question is, are you fighting? Are you actually in it? Because what the Bible says about you is that the power of Christ is in you. Mm. The next series is on the Holy Spirit. Mm. If the Spirit of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you, what can stand against you? Amen. Victory is possible. Purity is possible. God has given you his power. We are coming alongside you as a church. That is our heart. That's our commitment to you this fall. Karen, any final words of encouragement? I think more than anything, we want you to feel that there's hope. You don't feel condemned. Yeah. We want to make sure you understand that change is a process. It's not an event. It takes a Good while. Uh, we want you to understand that coming out of the darkness into the light, 
And as we said, this kind of sexual sin, pornography, very much done in isolation, in the darkness. And you know what it's like when you go to a movie theater during the day, and it's really dark, and you're coming back, and it's a sunny day, can't see very well, you're kind of squinting, uh, trying to get your bearings. That's a little what this is like, and we want to come alongside you. We want to guide you out of the darkness into the marvelous light and freedom of Jesus' love. Amen. Karen, I thank God for your leadership, your care, your expertise. You are a gift to our church. Can you guys thank, thank you. Karen Shannon Thanks. for Thanks. being here today? Thanks. Would you pray for us? Absolutely. Why don't you close us in prayer, Karen? Okay? Absolutely. Love to. Father God, um, we do enter your throne room of grace boldly and with confidence. That's what you tell us to do. And we do that right now, Father God, knowing that Jesus came to set the captives free. And those that he has set free are free indeed. Would you free hearts today, Lord God? Would you move in people's lives so that they take the next step to wage war against this sin, Father God? We thank you for your spirit's power, your spirit's conviction, and mostly for your love, grace, and mercy. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.